0: Hello, and welcome to Everything I Did Wrong as a Church Planter, a million-part series. My name is Logan Wolf, and I'm joined today by my wife, Grayson. And uh, we are church planters, and we have been in Provo, Utah, for almost 13 years now. Um, We came in 2011 and started holding services in the conference center of our hotel, doing the mobile church setup. We did that for a number of years before navigating a church merger and becoming multi-site overnight with buildings and staff in two different cities, two different counties. Um, And then in more recent years, we have offloaded that structure, and we have been functioning as a network of house churches uh, that gathers across the state. And so the purpose in this podcast is to allow me some space to look back at that experience, talk back through it, and basically just discuss what I would do differently if I were pursuing the same courses of action, just with the lessons that I've learned from those experiences, and what I would do differently if I was just doing it all over again, knowing what I know now. Um, And so to help me with that conversation, I've been inviting some other people to join me in some of these recent episodes. And um, that is the case today with Grayson joining me. Our hope is that as we talk together Um, the hope of myself, Grayson, these other guests that I've had, is that we can just save you some of the frustration and the heartache and the headaches, as well as just your time and energy and money as you are preparing to serve or are serving maybe in the city that God has called you to uh, to plant church church or churches. So you guys may remember, if you've been listening to the podcast, Grayson joined... At the end of season one, she was the eighth episode in season one. Basically just a, a recap, a summary, and getting her input and maybe some anecdotes and stories, some things she remembers from those experiences. Um, that is the case today. This was kind of to wrap-up to season two. We're so out of order in recording things. She's like the fourth interview I've done in the last few days. Um, but those interviews will come come down the road. And So we are wrapping up season two. She will be the 12th episode, so we'll be able to get a few more episodes in here. So we're going to do the same thing. I'm going to kind of just read through the titles of the the um, episodes, and she will respond as long or as little as each one of those takes, and uh, we'll go from there. So I'm really glad you're, you're here, Grayson. I was talking to Keith, which we'll get to his episode in just a little bit, and he had talked about how great it would be in these interviews where it's not just me monologuing to actually have not just the church planter, the guy, but actually his, his spouse or even children because the stories and sometimes things you remember are very different. And I thought that that's absolutely true. So maybe again, I've got several already recorded banked, ready to publish, um, this, this month and into the next month, but man, I, I'm wondering even if these future interviews, if it's possible, I'd love to get some church planters and their their families, their spouses. I think that would be a telling, um, interview so anyway but you're here now so i'm sure i hope what i have shared is in line with what you're going to share and it's not totally divergent but i'm going to pull up the list of episodes and we will talk through them now so we started season two and in season two just for context I'm, i'm when i'm sharing my own story season two is that season we've already moved to utah and it's leading up to our grand opening service. And I know some of the guys I've had on interviewed, we've tried to stay around there. It may have, have been on either side of that. But that's, in my mind, that's why I've called it season two. I'm kind of focusing on that time of my my story. So it started um, with a guest, season two, episode one. I had Isaac Morin join us. We know Isaac. He was in uh, season one a number of times. He is a brother uh, in Orange County, California. And our conversation was titled, I didn't have a church planting mentor or coach. I didn't have a church planting mentor or coach. And we basically discussed the value of mentors and coaches, some of the, the differences between those two and the need to, to seek those relationships out. Right. So basically finding yourself in a position, I'm doing something I don't know how to do. Mm-hmm. I need someone to tell me, help me do right. this. So what are your thoughts on that topic? That conversation I had with Isaac, your experience, your experience, as we moved here by ourselves. Um, And then the importance maybe of that, even because you're in a position now where you have sought out mentorship in your own Mm -hmm. uh, job and are mentored to others. So what's why, why is that significant? So.
1: Um, Well, I definitely watched you do a lot by yourself. And once we moved, I mean, there were days where you just be locked in your office, just working, 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 but there other than books you were reading, I don't remember there ever being a lot of people that you had to talk to. I mean, I certainly didn't have a mentor oh. moving here, but it was more pertinent for you than it was for me, obviously. But I didn't have anybody back home or with any organization that regularly had had done like a, a, a wife of a church uh, planter that regularly would check on me or give me any advice, or even if I did have a question, um, somebody that I could reach out to. I mean, really the only people that checked in on me were family.
0: Uh, Well, and that speaks, we've talked about this when we talked about sending agencies and home churches and whatnot. I think there's a shortcoming in that, that we were just kind of sent out by ourselves, but it also that raises an interesting idea, just this idea, me as a church planter looking for a mentor, but as, as a church planting couple, a church planting family, having another church planting couple family to do that, um, mm-hmm. uh, I think that would have been great. It's yep. another couple who's you know X amount of steps, X amount of years ahead of us in that same mm-hmm. process to touch base with us and glean information from. We didn't, we didn't really have that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something hindsight. I wish we had sought out, we could have sought that out right. what way ahead of time. No one seemed to have suggested that we were. Mm-hmm too ignorant i think to know better
1: or yeah <laughs> probably too ignorant to know that we didn't have it all figured out cuz i think we went pretty sure of ourselves we did you know yeah. um so not knowing that 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 was something that would have been beneficial to us and probably would have saved us a lot of you know banging our heads against the wall Um, but you're right. I mean, professionally, which obviously what I do is a lot different than what, what you do, but all of the success that I've had professionally has been due to having a mentor and having someone that has taught me and guided me and any new position that I've had that mentor has, you know, kind of handed off the reins, showed me exactly what to do, how to be successful at it so i can't imagine doing my job
0: without someone with
1: without that and
0: see and all i think the breakthroughs we've had in ministry these last couple of years has been we've found some people i've got you know half, half a dozen brothers that will help in different areas and are that sounding board mm-hmm. and drawing those things out of you and asking the hard yeah. questions. We didn't have that.
1: Well, you have more of a, like a mentorship based community now than ever,
0: ever in my entire ever life. Before. And it's, it's been tremendous. And I think there's yeah. been huge breakthrough was probably growth.
1: why we're seeing so much success right now.
0: Yeah. A, a, a lot of fruit. Cause you don't have to reinvent the wheel. And again, it's essentially I don't, this podcast should not be your mentor or your coach, but it's essentially the heart behind this is instead of going and reinventing the wheel, banging your head against the wall is, is have someone ask those questions and draw that out. And so I think a, a piece of advice, not even build on yours, don't just go find someone who can pour into you and kind of lead and help you guide you a mentor coach formally, informally, Isaac and I talk all about that in that episode. So you can go back, but this idea of an actual another couple, another family mm-hmm. where you can get that uh, this kind of holistic, not just me, yeah. but bring you into that conversation right. or bring now, you know, with the boy, your children in on that conversation. And like that would have been great. Mm-hmm. And that's man, that'd have been really good.
1: And the last thing that I'll say just on this topic is find someone who is walking the same thing that you are because I think having <laughs> having someone wow. well, I yeah. know, finding someone who's experiencing the same things you are. Maybe they're in the same setting, they're in the same um location can be helpful. I mean, not that you can't be seeking mentorship from right. from anyone. There's there can be value in that, but to have a true understanding, you know, nobody else understands what Logan's going through rather than other church planters that are also maybe setting up in a home church model, right. Mm. Um, And are church planting away from the traditional structure of a church in the Bible belt. No one can mentor me on my job really, unless they've been in the trenches and understand what I do every day. So maybe just trying to find someone that can truly understand at the end of the day, when you, you know, yeah. made a call and, and spelt off, they understand exactly. They what know exactly
0: what you're talking about. about. And yeah. that, yeah, that's, there is value, I think, in outside voices and outside eyes. Um, and people from different experiences, different contexts can can throw things at you maybe you didn't think about, but there is this the the relatability and someone actually knowing exactly what it is that you may be feeling or going through. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm in Utah, there is is a unique context. And I love getting together with pastors and church planners in Utah, whether they're doing the same model of ministry as us or not, but there is like you can. Oh, that's a misery. It's not a bad thing, but in Utah, like you can, under, you understand each other because of the ministry experiences that Utah brings with it.
1: You understand the culture. It, you understand.
0: Yes, yeah. it would be. Di- and then I think, you know, it'd be different than if someone we're here and someone from the Bible belt is doing, or if we're, we're, we're you know, we're pursuing this, this DMM style house church model style ministry and having someone who's a, a mega church pastor, there'd be some disconnect in right. those conversations. So
1: like they would, there could certainly be some value there, but maybe not as beneficial of somebody walking through your exact circumstances.
0: That's good. Uh, can we go to episode two?
1: Yeah.
0: Episode two, also with Isaac Moore. I must have been hard up. People might have not have been returning my calls.
1: Maybe
0: you just really like him. Um, All right. He's okay. He's a- <laughs> Isaac is a great guy. Uh, so he was on the second episode with me as well. And I, I know what I think it was. I think is we had like a slew of topics we wanted to talk about. We were just trying to knock some of these conversations off. So, Uh, episode two was titled, I started my church plant too quickly. I thought we started quickly.
1: Did anybody
0: start faster than us? Isaac started faster than us. And in fact, I've talked to several others and it's been a question I've been asking the guys that have jumped on that I've been interviewing. I almost always think to ask, how soon did you start? Because it blows my way too soon. It blows my mind how quickly most of them start. Not all of them. I think some of them, um, had the sense to go a little slower. But most of them jumped right in and started. So we moved. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, we moved in May and we started holding services in September of the same year. So middle of May, first of September uh, was that June, July, August, five, four months, almost about five months. Was
1: September the launch service where we met, where we started meeting every single week? Because we had a did we have a preview
0: service? So we moved in May, did a preview service, June, July, and August.
1: So technically. Started
0: too soon. Technically, too you started soon. in June. Yes. Um, what are your thoughts on that? It's <laughs> uh, the dumbest. It's so stupid. It's the dumbest thing. I
1: think thing. that, yes. Again, <laughs> you, I mean, I think you feel this pressure, right? You've been on deputation for so long. You pack up, you move, you're there. And it feels like, well, what else is there to do but start my church?
0: Well, some of and, that's zeal. I think some of it's this imposed pressure. You think people are expecting you to start right away. And Isaac and I might talk yeah. about that. Um, but well, I mean,
1: I even felt that.
0: And right. You know, they're expecting us to do something. Yeah.
1: like, and, that's, and when that's what you're living on, I mean, that was our only source of income was the money that we had raised. Yeah. Um, I wasn't working yet. So when that's your livelihood and you think, well we can't drop off supporters. We have to, we have to be producing. We have to show them something exciting so that they will keep giving and keep supporting. um, So we can live.
0: Uh, That was, it's so nerve wracking. And and again, I think looking back on, I doubt, Anyone was no. think I I no. no one's thinking about you as much as you're thinking about yourself. I seriously doubt anyone was like, Logan and Grace have been out there for two weeks, you know, where's
1: And it's not like we just moved two cities over. You know, we moved across the country. We didn't know our way around, we didn't know anyone, we didn't understand the culture. There was so much to learn that it would have done us a world of good to just move here and live yeah. and exist for a little while meet people form those relationships rather than just hit the ground running and-
0: well i think how much it would have been good for you and me who just left mom and dad like we we, we lived in north carolina both of our parents were like five minutes away yeah. in either direction and so um but now we're here on really on our own for the first time i guess and with no family network um it would have been so good to just explore the city. Explore Utah's beautiful. Explore the parks, the national parks, the state parks, mm-hmm. um, restaurants, and all. This, we didn't even like. We were still getting lost driving around town when we started our weekly services. Like it was the dumbest thing ever. Uh, so it well, would have been so, so I good. Hear,
1: I hear of guys that are couples that are church planting right now, and and really taking their time yeah. and enjoying just living there. And I think that's so admirable and so smart. And again, hindsight. I wish that we would have. I wish somebody would have given us permission to do that. Um,
0: That's right. And taken the
1: pressure off. No one did. And maybe advised us to do that. You know, like, hey, not. All, you've just uprooted your entire life. Like you're in shock right now.
0: Slow oh, down. Yeah.
1: So, so slow down. Um, but we didn't.
0: No, and that would again. I think if you had told twenty five year old Logan to slow down, I don't. I don't know if I would have. Yeah. It, but hindsight, someone should have said something. Yeah.
1: So if and nobody's told you to slow, slow down,
0: slow just, down. just slow down. enjoy the city. In fact, I'm
1: giving you permission. <laughs> it is okay.
0: I've only heard, I think, twice someone make a comment about a church planter and begrudging or you know negatively talk about, yeah. upset that they weren't starting right away. And I, in both instances, had spoke up and told them in not so many words. They're Okay. They're okay, so yeah, told them to shut up, but but that but that's just, I, I will. I mean, I've defended that. I think
1: nobody's surprised, no one's told them to
0: shut up. i I will defend. I think you go slow, you get a sense of what God's already doing, you get your family acclimated, mm-hmm. and start your life there. And I mean, ministry's in the day to day anyway, you don't have yeah. to have to hold weekly church services to follow Jesus, so um. Okay. Got good. Yeah, that's good. All right. Number three. Let's keep rolling here. Uh, the third episode I did by myself. This was a, a monologue. I'm sorry. I understand that the interviews are more enjoyable.
1: Oh, for the listeners.
0: Oh, my gosh. Actually, it it is true. I look at the stats. But episode three was I didn't meet my neighbors. And I shared a story, I think two stories. One with our condo, and maybe one with our first house we bought. Mm-hmm. Did not meet her, like purposely, just did not go out and meet her neighbors. And then the conviction of uh, God and, and reading that book about neighbors and like realizing that i not anyway, have to go over yeah. and introduce ourselves. So um, you weren't meeting neighbors no, either. No, we. <laughs> this is not just me. We,
1: um I'm like a, a, a hybrid of an introvert, extrovert, where like I can do it. Um, but I prefer like when I'm home to be in my space and to not have neighbors like popping up. And so we like prided ourselves on <laughs> being secluded from our neighbors. And the first house we bought had like a pretty high fence around it. it and it had, that gate. it had a gate that closed off the driveway. And so we were like, yeah
0: it's this awesome is, you did even lock the gate like it was like a moat. draw we
1: are yeah we are we are locked in and i never thought anything about that i never gave any consideration to that, that might be like disobedient or you know i just enjoyed our space because like we just told everybody we were working our tails off yeah and so when you're home you want to be home right um so it wasn't until we read is it the art of neighboring
0: yeah I think I showed it in that episode um I'll show it again we
1: read and we read this when we were first when we were first kind of stepping into a home church model right
0: no we read this before yeah um we were multi-site by the time we read oh, okay, this. Okay. We were multi-site
1: um but yes it wasn't until I read that that you're like, oh, he's like talking about your little next door neighbor, not like this generic love your neighbor, your neighbor's everyone.
0: Yeah.
1: That was super convicting. And so, did you share the story of we literally had we, lived there for years and had to go
0: introduce and had to go knock on doors and introduce and ourselves? And then
1: we awkwardly went, but they hadn't tried to meet us. That, either, and they. So.
0: I think I know, but I think the the you put that burden on yourself, I and know. not. So what's great is we actually have friends still. I'm mm-hmm. thinking of friends from that neighborhood. Yeah, that, you know, we still know we because still, we went and met them.
1: We still. Stay and
0: there. Uh, and then now here we moved in. First thing we did when we moved in is mm-hmm. we went around the whole our
1: neighbors that I'm looking at right now beat us to it.
0: They came over first. They
1: did. They're great people. But
0: we went to the rest of the street Yeah, and we introduced ourselves to everyone. And we invite, we actually threw a, like a catered kind of housewarming party, party. Yeah. and we had, just went, to
1: get people in the house. It was
0: and awesome. Listen. And had 75 people, neighbors just come in and, you know, some of them were there probably to, to skate, creep,
1: around. creep around.
0: But most, we just, all we wanted to do was like, I don't care why I just wanted to meet them yeah. and break that yeah. ice. And it's been great because there's been times we've called on them. We've had neighbors in our well, house. Especially
1: where, living here um, during the pandemic. We really got close to our neighbors because you kind of we kind of formed like a, like a text yeah. thread. And so if somebody was going out, do you need anything? You know.
0: It was good. Um, it was-
1: and Logan, you even led a like a weekly Bible we did. study we did. some of our neighbors joined in because they weren't, we weren't, nobody was going
0: to church. Yeah. So the Mormon church during the pandemic completely shut down. Like it didn't even do, a, a lot of Christian churches were freaking out, trying to like, how do we stream? How do we live stream? We've never, lot uh, parking lots, all kinds of ridiculous things. And, but the Mormon church didn't do anything, but it was bizarre. And so they, so we did, um, a zoom Bible study primarily not for, cause our house churches kept meeting at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but primarily cause we knew there was people that would jump in and we did, yeah. we had neighbors join us for uh bible study it was, it was really cool. So, was cool so yeah so
1: that time like drew us together oh and we did um easter sunday we did church on our driveway
0: oh there we did Can, and we had, all the neighbors came out
1: and we had music so um a couple coming to our church at the time sang songs and we just sat in a big circle in our driveway and our next door neighbors came over the, street, the neighbors across the street came they
0: came walked over, up neighbors
1: yeah. down came over like two streets i think it we cool. started like
0: Heard, the word yeah, we had yeah, we had some worship music. Yeah. We, had, we had a fire pit, I think. Yeah, it was Easter Sunday. So yes. So if you have not met your neighbors, the whole point of that comp that whole point of that episode was go meet your neighbors. Like live your li- love your literal neighbor. And you see the ministry unfold in your own neighborhood on your own street. Yeah. And not something that happens over here in a different part of town or, or a different place. So all right, that was episode three. Episode four, I did bring another guest on. Uh, this is a brother I met just prior to this virtually we have not met in person yet this james reardon and he was joining us from diamond head mississippi and uh, man he i enjoyed my conversation with him the leading up to our recording that and then that conversation in that episode he, our our conversation was titled this i started with quote church people that was the mistake. I started with church people. And he basically, he uses a metaphor. I don't know if it's original with him. I, I think I tell him in that episode. I really liked it. We talks about vision pirates or how these church people became these pirates who he's coming in as a church planter to an area that needs to hear the gospel proclaimed. And he got gets people who are, grew up in church, of a church background, um, and, and so they're used to things being done a certain way or having certain ministries or things accessible to them. So not driven by the vision of the gospel going to the ends of the world, but by their experience and their traditions and their preferences and how they like pirates begin to kind of like steal his vision and try to realign it with what they were wanting to see happen in that, in that setting. So he's been there a few years now, but that was how it started. And he just said, man, this was a, uh, this was this was rough. So he said basically his his point was I should have had a lot more conversations, blatant, honest, pointed about expectations of those that were coming to help him mm-hmm. and then the vision they were working toward. Yeah. I feel like we did something similar. So yeah, what, completely
1: agree. And that's something that, you know. Mm-hmm a lot of our friends that are church planting that we definitely encourage them to do too, yeah. you know, before you pack up and, and start with a bunch, like a big team and church people is be really clear on those things. Cause unfortunately church people have caused us the, the most grief. I would
0: say 95% of the, our issues have come from people with a church background. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I am for teams. I think there's teams, the biblical pattern, I think is teaming. Um, as far as you see in mm-hmm. Acts and the epistles, but there's also what you also see is laborers, new uh, people to work in the ministry coming up from the harvest, like people that are
1: mm-hmm.
0: repenting, believing, being baptized, and following Jesus from the harvest. Right.
1: They don't have that, that church baggage, or no. they don't have you know five previous pastors to compare how you're doing things to. So, yeah. and, and again, not that it's wrong that you have people that no. are already believers, but. It just is a different dynamic. And so, definitely would encourage you to make sure that they're on board before you freely welcome them.
0: Yeah, the expectation piece I think is huge. Um, like, if you're coming with me to help church plant, this is what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. And it's going to look different than what we're doing here in these ways. Are you okay with that?
1: This is what I need. Tonight.
0: I need you to verbalize that you're okay with this. Blink once. Yes. And not just, this, yeah, we're going to go over here and move and, and thinking it's just going to be, you know, um, it's going to be exactly like it was. Again, I, we've seen it with others. Friends, church planners, again, James, the story is the same. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we've seen it. We even saw a little bit of that when we went multi-site, which that's ahead of the store. I don't want to jump too far ahead. We
1: didn't move with anyone. We moved by ourselves. So we didn't really have a a team to kind of babysit. But when we merged our churches, we ran into some.
0: Right. The uh, expectation of this is how it has always been. This was, you know, and I did it. I don't want to give it away. I did an interview with the guy in New England. He hasn't posted yet. But talks about the difference between church planting and church revitalization. And one of it is that ingrained kind of expectation of what's there. It's, anyway. That'll be a good conversation. Yeah. Anything else with that? Was that no? Yeah, James is a good guy. I'm gonna have to get him back on here. Um so
1: we gotta go to Mississippi.
0: Go to Mississippi, yeah. We'll see him, do it in person. Um, okay, the next next episode, episode five was I didn't consider branding.
1: This one just made me laugh this so is the
0: <laughs> What what about it made you laugh?
1: I just love that you're talking about like a friend made this logo, so stupid. and we were like printing things at home on our little cheap inkjet printer. We were, and we just didn't. Which again, money—the money that we had was our livelihood, our bills, our yeah. you know food, everything, plus all the church's expenses. So,
0: and we didn't come out with nearly enough. And I talked about that in season one of fundraising. We came with we were our our living man. We, we were living. I think very tight, very almost well, thank, at the poverty yeah, level. And then goodness. given.
1: Thank goodness, Utah was a little more affordable than the Right Now Carolina. the market is
0: oh, crazy. It would have been.
1: But it, so, yes, it just made me laugh looking back.
0: I've said that in the, I think in that episode, if you're going to do the attractional model, do it. You have to do it. And that means you have to spend money. And so, right. saving pennies by printing however many hundreds of, of letters on your inkjet printer at home. Yeah. Or, you know, got to go black and white because I don't want to, you know. It's...
1: Or unless you have the actual program on your computer and the background. Just, hey, just somebody. someone to, to do it. I mean, it, your logo is going to be. I mean, really, I think about there's another church in town where you see there's no words on it. It doesn't say the name of the church, anything. It's just the logo. Yeah. And you see hundreds of those stickers around town and you know exactly what it is. I mean, your logo. Yeah. Is everything so do it it well?
0: (laughs) Yes, I just we 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 kept we had that bad logo, we kept that, we persisted in it, then we merged. And then when we merged, we there was I wish we hadn't changed the name, it was the name, and anyway, we'll talk about that when we talk about the merger. But the name of the church was so generic. There's a church here in the same city that it gets it's confused with, confused with all the time. And then there's another church, and I think I linked to it in the episode. They're not again, those are great brothers. I'm not, this isn't knocking them, but it's just funny. And they have almost the same logo. And uh it's just it's just ridiculous. So
1: but again, I think it goes back to we were so afraid with, with our money. Yeah,
0: it was it was it was fear-driven, it's ridiculous. Um, that was episode five, episode six. I had a, a okay, the next two episodes. I want to frame both of these because we'll just take these together. The next two episodes are from church planters in Utah, uh, brothers that I I know and have gotten time with, uh, in person. But they have they started, and then the church is no longer because they, they they didn't. They called themselves failures. It was, that's not what had happened. But um, they started churches and churches no longer exist. They they're not church planting anymore. And so the first was episode, they're still, they're still here. They didn't leave. And I think,
1: I think that says a lot. That's
0: huge. I love both of those guys. If not for that alone, they just, I love that. They, they say this is where God calls me. I am i don't need to leave. So um, the first one was episode six. I focused on the product and not the process. That was with Santaquin, Utah church planner, Chris Murray as a good brother. We love him and his family. And then uh, the next episode, episode seven, I placed my identity in my ministry. That's with former Provo, Utah church planter, right here in our city, Doug Lane. And so both of these conversations, I felt like were very raw, very personal. And they basically just walk out how they came into church planting. Um, if I could summarize both, um, with his expectation this is what it will be like. This is what'll happen. This is what I am. This is what I'm doing. This is what God called me to. And then it didn't meet the expectations. They, they there were some some bumps in the road, some some disappointments, some heartaches. And things fell apart. And when it fell apart, things internally in their heart, even with the walk with Jesus kind of fell apart too.
1: Yeah.
0: What are you? you know, I've met, I think, I don't know if you've met Doug. Oh, I think you okay. So you have met Doug. Okay. Doug showed up. When we were in the conference center.
1: Oh gosh.
0: One Sunday, just when he first moved here or moved <laughs> to where, uh, No, I'm just telling you that yeah. <laughs> I'm just uh, we've gotten a lot more time with Chris and Megan, but that yes, you yes. Doug, you have at least seen this Yes. So anyway. So
1: if I saw him, I'm like, like oh. Oh. so what are
0: your thoughts on those stories? When you hear stories yeah. like that in your own experience, I mean the things haven't gone the way we've planned either. So oh. what are your thoughts? Well
1: honestly, I was just I was just thinking about that and think a lot of stuff that that could have gone wrong went wrong. And so the fact that we're still, although our ministry changed, you know, we're not still trudging along at the buildings that we were at, you know, things, things did change in our, in our ministry, but yeah. I mean,
0: it, it is. And I think there's something to be said for, for perseverance. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly if you feel God's called you to something. And I think both those brothers exemplify that. You're like, God has called me to the to a place, to a people, so I'm gonna be here. Um, we feel the same way. I think God's Mm -hmm. called us here. That being said, I don't think you need to applaud perseverance just for the sake of perseverance. We used to all the time have people, because for years nothing was happening. Years we went without seeing anyone come to faith, anyone baptized, nothing. And uh we have people like applaud us. Like you're just being faithful, just sticking it out, and and that's t- true, true. But you don't need to persevere in things that aren't working. Or think, right. You know, well, like, and
1: that's where that's what finally happened. We finally had hit a wall. Like we we can't we can't persevere in what we're doing anymore. No. it's not working. We're draining our resources. Things are are dying. We realized we had we did finally hit a wall. But instead of just selling the buildings and closing up shop.
0: We're re- and I, yeah we regroup i mean again if you, and which is crazy because that wasn't applauded no one said thank goodness you guys are staying where god's called you it's mm-hmm. so again that's why i think you can persevere for the sake of persevering and what's it's not yeah. anyway it's, if you have not listened to either of those stories so that's episode six and seven chris murray and uh doug lane man go go listen to those brothers stories I, I think you'll be encouraged by it and and even as you're uh maybe just starting in church planting just knowing hey there might be some rough season ahead but there's I can stick this out like this is where God's called me this is where I need to stay I don't need to pack up and leave I need to stay here mm-hmm. um okay that was good uh just a couple left here episode eight this was by myself I use community events to build mailing lists to build a mailing list instead of sharing the gospel now I love this because I you were at all those events <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> what do you remember? Which ones stand out to you? The, talk them through the experience because there was times some of these events I left Grayson and went home. Cause I, we'd been there like all some of these multi-day events where we've been like just rolling in, in shifts. And so sometimes Grayson would be there by herself or with some you know team or something from out of town. Sometimes we'd be there together, some of these smaller events. But what do you remember? I love it. just <laughs> <I think> well <wow. laughs>
1: being in the, where we are. Setting up at stuff like that, you're more of like a circus act. Wow. Then, And so it's like, you're the weird thing to look at.
0: (laughs) Okay. That's particularly probably Utah. That's what I
1: just said. Yeah. Being where we are. Yeah. Not setting up at the fair in Utah and setting up at the fair in North Carolina, you're getting two Two very different responses and experiences. So things that would have gone over very well in the South, we would have been running a mega church by now, (laughs) did not have the same response here. So you had people that, you know, we did farmer's market. We did the women's expo. We did chamber of commerce events. We did freedom festival 4th of July weekend every year. I mean, and it goes on and on and on. We did any type of event that was open that you could rent a booth at. We did for the first few years. Um, and we gathered hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of names because we always had a drawing in to win a Wii and iPad, whatever was popular at the time. I think anybody is trying to win a Wii anymore, no. but, um, so we had all these contacts and not a single person ever came to church.
0: No, and we maintained that list. Like we were sending out for reg- years. regular mailings to the this built- growing list for years. For years. And hindsight. So rather
1: than trying to share the gospel in the with moment. those people. Right. In the moment, we're just like existing in our lives, going out and talking to people. We sat behind a booth offering free Bibles. It's never a bad thing. No,
0: nope, it wasn't.
1: But not I'm not going to share the gospel with you. I'm just going to give you a Bible. You go read it and figure it out. On your own, but you were already for me. I'll speak for me. Yeah, I was already so uncomfortable of being like sneered at, stared at, kind of mocked, or just given like the what's it called? Like they're just placating you. Like, oh, that's sweet. Survice. you know. Good job, you guys. We're I, I wish you luck and success, but not really yeah. sincere. So when you've heard that for like eight yeah. hours. <laughs> At some of these events, we get just ready to go. It's exhausting. It's I was always just very uncomfortable.
0: I know. Well, and we and that's not without warrant because there was the the general and in, either indifference. or a lot of indifference. Yeah. People ignore you. Um, there was some of the the sneers, the laughter, the jo- there was some there were some antagonistic encounters. We, we have we can point to several in, in instances. I think of that lady at the women's expo that came up to us. I think of that elderly couple at the. Uh, the Freedom Festival, there was a couple people at the Farmer's Market. I mean, there's been times where people came like trying to start yeah. something. But even with all that, there was also this the discomfort, at least for me. Mm-hmm. I did not know how to share the gospel with anybody. And I talk about that in a previous episode. I didn't know how to make a disciple. Like I had shared the gospel in a sermon from the pulpit, blanket statement, but I, I had not led anyone to Jesus up uh, until this you know this last little while here. Um so at that point when we're doing these events, I had never one on one shared the gospel someone had led them to Jesus in a succinct, clear way. Um I think all of us could probably give it enough time could walk around it and get to it, but actually a clear pre- this is what Jesus calls us to do, to repent mm-hmm. to our sin and turn to him in faith and believe. Um and I probably was saying for you, right? Or someone like what would you have done? I just yeah. there was so we, bro, we're, we're, well, we weren't we weren't equipped, I think. As well as we could have been in those Mm scenario in those situations. So, again, if you're going to do community events, great. I think you come at it with this mindset of we need to use this as a gospel opportunity. Mm -hmm. Like we're going to go out here and we may have something where we try to capture people. Even if I were to do it now, I wouldn't try to capture anyone's contact info unless I had a promising conversation with them. Either they come, they repent and believe, they come to faith. Or they've expressed interest. I'd like to learn more about Jesus. Yeah. And I'm going to use this as a, like a discipleship follow-up. But just to have it so I can one day mail them a letter to, like, I'm not doing that. Especially in, a, in our study now, house like, church. We're not going to invite them. <laughs> <you. laughs> so, no, I would do all of that differently. I think it could be done well. I think it has to be done gospel forward. And yeah. we just didn't do that. No. So, a lot of wasted time and money. Again, we were
1: just trying to get people.
0: We were. We, so a lot of those was leading into our grand opening service, and we maintained that after the grand opening service. Mm-hmm. I mentioned, I think, in that episode, our, our brother Amos in Chula Vista, California, talked about, I, oh, he did something I wish we'd done, is they scaled back those public events after their grand opening. I wish we'd done that. We actually maintained a furious rate of public events for years mm-hmm. and kept adding more, and it was just ridiculous. But the the mindset was, we're going to try to get as many people as we can into our services so I can just preach the gospel. When I really should have just been engaging at yeah. those events. So okay, you can. Uh, so if you're doing it, great. There's lots of places you can find out those leads where those events are. But you've got to leave gospel for, gospel for. So Yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna
1: say.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, episode nine. I had another brother on here, Matt Manny. He's joined us from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He talked about how our episode was called "I Created Programs and Systems as If We Were a Much Larger Church." My favorite, this has nothing to do with that theme, but my favorite story he tells in that episode, if you've not heard it go, talking about branding, um, talking about uh, advertising, is he bought a billboard on the side of the highway to promote their new church plant, and all it was was the name of the church and his face. (laughs) and so and and he he realized he got he got you know heckled for that and whatnot even by people he knew but he just thought it would be a okay i'm gonna promote the church this way and um i love that story it's funny so he uh comes from a church of thousand plus people (laughs) goes into a completely different context different type of you know town city all this kind of stuff neighborhood and thinks well this is how it was in the church i just came from that sounds that's familiar. James James's episode, right about church people. So he he he's the one that had these expectations. So this is what I have to do here, and he came and just tried to reproduce it. The problem is, it's a handful of people. We did the same thing. All that work, Grayson just talked about. I was doing in my office. I was setting up systems and programs and doing stuff, planning for a much larger group of people. It's just me and Grayson. You know, it's like Grayson. You know, our, our volunteer pipeline here, Grayson, and you're gonna have you through. Or was like, what are you? It's just me and you, Grayson. So
1: yeah. Well, and and that's a great way to burn yourselves out too. Um, And it's almost like, well, because again, you feel like you have to compete. Mm -hmm. You're competing with other churches in town that do offer all of those things. And you think, well, if we don't have them, no one is going to show up. So we have to offer something for their kids. Um, They can't sit in church and listen with their kids there. They're distracted. Which don't our children that's true.
0: It is true. but our kids we're in the house church, they're in there with us. Yeah,
1: well, which I mean, we do have a kids' class, but anyway, um you feel like you have to you have to have all the things that they have. And so you're gonna launch it and start it even if you can't do it well. And so we did. We launched and started all these things, but we didn't do it well. Like I started taking guitar lessons when we first moved here just so we could have music at church. Well, when you've been taking guitar lessons for a month and you're trying to lead singing, it's not going to sound good.
0: It sounded great, maybe. <laughs>
1: nice. well, but you know, you but you you try because you think that's what you have to do, right?
0: Well, and I think there is, you, I think there's there's value in just leaning into the to the season of life that your church is in. Mm-hmm. There's things I remember. Um, when we were in the conference center and we could host the whole church you know when we started running people, we could have everybody in our home. And we did. We did Christmas, uh Christmas, what was it? Yeah. Christmas child, all this kind of, so we, just had we just have people packing. we just do it in our home. And we would
1: have parties in that like Christmas
0: parties yeah. and stuff. Like then when you do multi-site and now we you know we were bumping 125, 100 mm-hmm. plus uh, 150 people, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um that's a lot more. So the, those are different seasons of you just got to lean in where you are. Yeah. And I think it was a handful of it. Acknowledge, hey, it's just a handful of us. We don't need all of this. It's a handful of us. Um, versus, you know, hey, we're, man, we're seeing this same number of people coming in week in and week out. We're growing a little bit. We probably need to anticipate the needs are going to change here in the next little while and then build things out. But trying to implement all that stuff. Yeah, when trying
1: to have what everybody else has when it's just it's, a handful of people.
0: I also think it honors the broader body of Christ when you don't feel like you have to provide everything. And we've seen that. I remember one time when we were multi site, someone was volunteering at and someone else was attending, a student, people, um, like a celebrate recovery mm-hmm. and at another church. And I remember getting upset about it and thinking, well, they're going to this other church and why we should do a celebrate recovery. And I'm glad I had the presence of mind and say, no, I I can't do that right now. But there was this like, I should provide this because they go to our church. Yeah. And now I realize we don't have like there's things I mean we've sent kids, we've sent kids to other youth groups now as a house church. We'll send them over here. We've mm-hmm. we pulled in, we've pulled in people from other churches to come provide things for us that we can't provide. Mm-hmm. And we, there's nothing wrong with that. You're you are a broader body. And so it's okay. To, when we
1: want to do big events, other churches have been uh, very gracious to let us use their gyms or their building. Yeah. So again, I think that speaks to drawing on your community too. Yeah, and the other churches I mean, that's not where this point was going, but no, other but trips in town aren't your aren't, aren't your an competition. Enemy. No? And
0: I and I think when you don't feel like you have to provide it, all those systems, yeah,
1: like I'm not competing with you.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I think that's a good one. It's a great conversation with Matt. You can go back and listen to that. He man, he talks about some of the internal struggles too, just very raw. It's a he's a he's a great guy. Um, last last couple here, I had Heath Ferguson with us. He's someone we've known a while. Heath uh, is a church planner in Houston, Texas, and our episode was called "I Didn't Set a Launch Date." And even as we were rehashing this, Grace is like, "What was? What was? What was that? Why did he do that?" He he basically didn't set this hard date. If we're going to have a our first public service, like a big blowout kind of event, grand opening service, whatever you want to call it. But kind of like started meeting, and kind of people started coming, and it just kind of like rolled into it. Organic. Uh, it was, but he said that one of the problems with it was it didn't build any kind of momentum to keep, and it just. It, he said it felt like it slowed their growth because there was no like hard and fast. We're starting. It just kind of creeped and he said there's churches that started after them that have grown much more, and he feels like if they had done now, whether or not that's true is who's to say. But he just right. felt like he didn't do that, and that was maybe an obstacle. We did a grand opening service too it was, early it was awful so I, I told Heath, shut up no i'm <laughs> no we, we we did a great service we had 14 people there including ourselves and then the next full year no one came so um just preaching to graces yep so what are your thoughts on that the whole launch model that we did mm-hmm. and then when you hear someone's story like heath we're like they're doing an attract they're an attractional church a traditional style church the attraction model but didn't actually have a hard start. What are your thoughts on on his story?
1: I don't know. They're both both worse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, starting too early and then not really having a date and just kind of doing it as you go. Yeah, both both of those. Um,
0: if you were if we were moving back here and we're uh, doing the same, we're gonna do the attractional model. Mm-hmm. Whether we're going to buy a spot or we're going to rent a spot, I don't care if it's mobile or permanent, whatever. But we're going to do the attractional model. How much time? Would you allow? You were saying you do definitely would do a, a launch
1: at some point.
0: So, how much time do you feel like you would have been? You would have been comfortable with.
1: I don't know. That's a good question. I think again, it def- well for here. If it was here, I felt like we probably needed to be here a year, maybe uh, to figure our mess yeah. out. I guess again, it depends on your your situation and your context and where you are. Yeah. But
0: I feel like if we were to do it again here in Utah, I would go a year.
1: Yeah. Setting For the sake, date, sake of our oh, family,
0: I would have set, set a date, and I would have spent the money, and I would have promoted the mess, out, and I would have blown it up big. I mean, it's supposed to be a grand opening yeah. and not two boxes of Krispy Kreme <laughs> <seaweed> done. <laughs> it was just, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and my hand-painted banner. No, it wasn't that bad. But, um, yeah, so that's a, a good conversation to have with Heath. Heath and I actually pitched a, uh, several ideas back and forth with each other um i'll probably have to get him on here again too as as was the case with our next this last one mm-hmm. uh episode 11 the last one before this episode of post uh was with our friend church planter stephen Kimbrell. we've known him a while as well in irvine california and he says i didn't establish healthy ministry or family rhythms mm-hmm. and we that's one of several topics we to possibly discuss but yeah what are your on his episode what do you, you yeah saying?
1: well it sounded and one thing like i was really glad that he was able to still do was provide his wife and kids with the time that they needed because he talks about i was still like i still made time with my family yeah but the fact that he like got to dinner with his family and then put everybody to bed and then work oh, until yeah. you know yeah. so, <laughs> so he didn't give himself any, any, And you, I mean, you kind of did that. We were a little different because when we were here, kids. we didn't have kids yet. Um But I mean, I remember whole days where I just like, because I wasn't working yet. I just sit around and you're in the office all day. And so i working
0: on all those systems.
1: Working on all those systems. <laughs> Cause you, I mean, yeah, you worked, 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 worked. And again, we didn't, it's not like we had money to go out and do no. a bunch of stuff, but we didn't really have this, we didn't really have any routines or rhythms for that first year that we lived here. And it wasn't until I started working the second year that we moved here that we kind of got into a little bit of a better groove. But
0: Well, and I think healthy ministry rhythms includes delegation and not being the one doing everything. We
1: didn't have anybody to do. Well, we
0: here. did not. And I, again, so I think what we should have done is what are, what are the most important things to right. do and not trying to do if all this stuff. If we
1: don't have anyone to delegate to, then we need to cut some stuff.
0: We need, Yeah, we need to cut some stuff back and probably need to focus on gospel engagement, doing, reaching people instead of trying to do we all We We sat
1: at home. I like know.
0: most the dumbest thing.
1: 90% of that first year that we lived here. We
0: did a, a bunch of canvassing. Yeah. We did do a ton of canvassing, uh, taking invitations to doors where people would come, and then we did these huge community events. But there was space... Yeah, we should have been, gospel engagement would have been a priority one and reaching people to disciple and to delegate ministry responsibilities to. But so he talks about that, Stephen does. And then he talks about just rest and Sabbath and family yeah. rhythms with time with his kids and date, date nights. And I feel like we're in a good spot with that now. Yes. Uh, it has only taken 13 years to get, <laughs> to get in a good spot. Um, but it is so much more, I feel like it's so much healthier when you can say these are the, the times I'm going to do the, the ministry stuff. Here's the activities I'm going to do. Here's others people that who said they can help me, willing to help me. Here I'm going to let them help me. Yeah. Here's times I'm going to guard for my family, for my wife, my marriage. Here's times I'm going to guard for me. um You know, just the solitude. And we didn't have any of that up front. So, all right. Of all that, so that's it. That that is season two recap with Grayson. What What was your favorite conversation of those those eleven episodes? I won't ask which one you like. The most,
1: one, so. I don't know. The one, <laughs> I, the one about branding just really made me laugh. I remember listening to it and just chuckling probably because I lived it. Yeah. So, okay. um, and, and the one, uh, you know, making contacts rather than disciple making, um,
0: Oh, the events. Yeah. Yeah,
1: just, There's so much you can do. And even you just mentioned canvassing. I mean, you kind of pat yourself on the back, like, Oh, I invited 50 people to church today, but <laughs> it, <laughs> But you know, that's uh, not disciple making and gospel sharing, that's inviting them into a space. But yeah. so I think that those were probably big highlights. But I, I, I like your other listeners, enjoy hearing other people's perspectives when you, um when you,
0: have oh, and yeah. And if you guys l- listen to this again, huge shout out, Stephen and Heath and, and Matt, and I'm looking here, Chris and Doug and James and Isaac. Yeah, I think that's all of them here. I'm scrolling back through. Guys, those are great conversations. I appreciate that time. We'll get more voices and some of these same ones in season three. As far as telling our story, I want to kind of pick up at that grand opening service into this now weekly rhythm. And Buckle the, up. And, it's great. in the mobile church. Uh, it'll be a good time. I hope this is helpful for you. I hope it's encouraging. Again, that is the, the motivation behind it. If it has been, please share it with, uh, man, your friends. If you have, you know, a friend who's a church planter or you're part of a church planting team, man, send this to them, share it on your social media. Please leave us a rating or review that helps other people find it. So thankful for those things. Again, my name is Logan Wolf. I'm joined today by my wife, Grayson. This has been Everything I Did Wrong as a Church Planter, a million part series. We'll <laughs>